Hey guys, I hope you're having a good day. What is a good day? A good day is one that starts and ends spending time with our wonderful, wonderful Lord. Today we asked a question, how can I learn to be consistent in the way I use my tongue? This is from James chapter 3, verses 9 to 12. You know, there are 15 ought-nots in Scripture, 4 in the Old Testament and 11 in the New. The last three all use the words ought-not in regards to the tongue. The Holy Spirit is saying, this ought not so to be. This ought not to be so. This is not right. This should not be. In other words, whether you're a mature Christian or an immature Christian, an old believer or a new believer, a preacher or a pew setter, a parent or a child, there are some things that just ought not to be. Both in the early church and our churches today, there was and is a problem. A problem that ought not to be. And the problem is cleverly hidden behind a set of shiny white teeth. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 13. They learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but also gossips and busybodies saying things which they ought not. Titus chapter 1, verse 10. There are both idle talkers and deceivers whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses teaching things which they ought not. James 3.10, out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing, my brethren, these things ought not so to be. If your life at times resembles a roller coaster where you creep to amazing heights, praising and honoring and sharing God with all who will listen, and then in seconds you take a terrifying plunge into a world of anger, bitterness, and cursing those who upset you to the point of asking God to actually judge or damn them to eternal prison, something is obviously wrong. Something is not right. Something ought not to be coming out of your mouth, or should I say, coming out of your heart. Remember a few days ago, James reminded us that our tongues are a tattletale of the heart. What we say comes directly from the thesaurus of our hearts. We talk about what we think about, and we think about what we love. You know, James comes back to his recurring theme of the struggle many have with thinking little of what God chooses to think much of. Man. God created man in his own image. Man ruined his life with sin. God sent his son to die for all men. And now God is constantly thinking about us. I know this is hard to grasp, but remember David's heart when he penned this in Psalm 139. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they're more than the number of the sand. When I wake, I am still with thee. James argues with the obvious. Can you pick olives off a fig tree? Can you pick figs off a grapevine? Can you turn your kitchen faucet and get both salty water and fresh water out of the same tap? In all of James's obvious and rhetorical illustrations, the answer is the same each time. No, no, no. Some things cannot be and certainly ought not to be. The way we talk about others and to others matters to God. Are you an encourager or a discourager? Do you normally build up others or do you tear down others with your words? Do you incite contention or calm hearts? If you say that you are a bit of both, depending on your day, your mood, or how tired you happen to be, you better check your heart. A double-minded tongue reveals a double-minded heart. A hypocritical tongue uncovers a heart that is not sure who it wants to please. A heart-motivated tongue that blesses God is a good thing. A heart-motivated tongue that wishes evil on anyone is a bad thing. 
even though we are reminded that there are things that ought not to be, there are certainly things that ought so to be. One is mentioned in our text, therewith bless we God. A bunch of Psalms helps us with this. Psalm 68, blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. Psalm 72, blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only does wondrous things and blessed be his glorious name forever and let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. Psalm 103.1, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. You know, if you're a believer, you are blessed. God the Father loved you so much that he sent God the Son, Jesus, to die for you, redeeming you through his death. And then God the Spirit continues to bless you with numerous spiritual blessings. Yes, we are truly blessed. It is a blessing to be loved. It is a blessing to be forgiven. It is a blessing to be redeemed. It's a blessing to be chosen by God. It's a blessing to be blessed by a blessed God. Because we are so blessed in so many ways, we should never allow a day to go by without blessing our Lord. How do we do that? Tell him. Go to him in prayer with a heart that is overflowing with thankfulness. Our thank yous should be so loud they drown out all of our complaining, griping, and discontent that sneaks out of our selfish hearts. Show him. Seek and desire to live a holy and blameless life before him. Sing to him. There are dozens of hymns and songs that are filled with praise, thanksgiving, gratefulness, and appreciation. Let your life be a song of praise. Tell others about him. Don't miss an opportunity to share the goodness of God with your closest friends. And thank him. Do not let a day go by without thanking God for saving you. Neither you nor I deserve to be saved. Neither you nor I live in such a way that we earn God's favor. He chose to love us. Again, it is a blessing to be blessed by a blessed God. Lord, help me, help us to be a blessing with our tongues today. Well, our time's up. And I hope again that this is an encouragement to all of our hearts. But today's the day the Lord made. Let's rejoice. Let's be glad in it. And I hope that you have a good day.